What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Mystery Ranch, built for the mission. And today we have a special little announcement to make. On Saturday, December 18th, 2021, yeah, that's this weekend, we are doing the first ever Anchor Point Podcast holiday meetup. It's going to be epic, and Mystery Ranch is one of the baller sponsors of this whole thing. So if you happen to be in Reno, Nevada, this weekend on December 18th, 2021. Well, come on down to uh, 10 Toward Distillery and Brewery here in Reno, Nevada. It's on Mill Street. And uh, yeah, all the links and everything are all over my Instagram page, including the sign up form for Eventbrite. And so get over there and check it out. But it's going to be epic. There's going to be a white elephant gift exchange. So uh, for those folks that are coming and attending, definitely bring a gift that is under $20 to exchange. Uh, no telling what you're going to put in that gift, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be funny. Yeah. Might be dirty. I don't know. Depends on which uh, direction you want to go. But anyways, back to the point, Mystery Ranch is giving away, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but they're launching their new uh, Backbone Series packs and they donated two of them. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. It's a two-day assault pack. It's a slightly bigger pack than the uh, Mystery Ranch Assault 21, but they're doing it in Wildfire Black or yeah, Wildfire Black colorway and a portion of the proceeds of these packs are going to the Backbone series. And if you don't know what that is, go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check it out. And while you're there, if you uh, happen to submit your story and if it's compelling and you are going above and beyond in both the on-season and off-season to further your career, well, you get a chance to win one of these Mystery Ranch Backbone series scholarships. It's awesome. But if you want a sneak preview, a sneak peek, if you will, at these uh, new Mystery Ranch Backbone series packs, that are helping fund this whole scholarship, well, you got to come up to the event. It's going to be awesome. So once again, December 18th, 2021, at Tentor Distillery and Brewery in Reno, Nevada, come on down to the first ever Anchor Point Podcast Meetup and White Elephant Gift Exchange. It's going to be great. So wear an ugly sweater, bring your holiday cheer, bring a, tw- a less than $20 gift, and bring some uh, cash and bring some friends because there's going to be an epic silent auction and raffle. And these uh, two uh, packs are going to be a part of the whole gig. So not to mention, there's going to be a $500 bar tab up for you wildland firefighters that are going to come join us. And that's all provided by Mystery Ranch. It's going to be freaking epic. I don't know why I'm whispering. But anyways, once again, go over to www.mysteryranch.com. Check out the Backbone series and then sign up for that event. It's going to be freaking sweet. See you there. The Anchor Point Podcast is also going to be brought to you by our premier coffee sponsor, and that is going to be none other than Hotshot Brewery. It's kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause, and a portion of the proceeds will always go back to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. Speaking of the Wildland Firefighter Foundation and Hotshot Brewery, check this out. They're uh, benefiting each other this weekend. Oh my God. Once again, another ad for the meetup and White Elephant Christmas gift exchange or holiday gift exchange. Yeah. Anyways. You have to hear this again. So <laughs> Hotshot Brewery is going to be donating some items to the raffle and the silent auction items for the White Elephant uh, Gift Exchange and Anchor Point Podcast meetup. It's going to be epic. So, and that also happens to benefit the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. And 
The Wildlife Fighter Fire Foundation is also supported by Hotshot Brewery, which they are giving money to. And they are also giving items to be raffled off to. So it's like this weird thing where it's all going to one place. And that's going to be the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. But also, they're also going to be donating to the grassroots Wildland Firefighters. Pretty sure uh, if you don't know who they are, well, you've probably been living under a rock. So if you're interested... First off, go over to www.hotshotbrewing and check out all they have to offer, let alone the awesome coffee. We're kick-ass coffee for kick-ass cause. The awesome Wildland Firefighter merch and all the tools of the trade to get your morning started off right. And last but not least, come check out that Eventbrite link in our social media bios. It is pasted all over the place. So come out, have fun, bring a less than $20 gift if you so choose. That's optional. And come have a good time. It's going to be epic. Come check it out. The Anchor Point Podcast is also going to be brought to you by Sierra Blanca Wildland Fire Academy. Oh, yeah. It's pretty badass. Check this out. This uh, academy, it's a nonprofit. And they've actually raised over $100,000 for firefighters in need. So if you need some epic training or if you want to get your foot in the door. Or hell, even if you need like, uh, I don't know, M410 or... I don't know, advanced wildland fire behavior or any of these other classes that uh, are going to advance your career. Well, stop by Sierra Blanca Wildland Fire Academy. They're out of uh, Eastern New Mexico uh, in Ruidoso. I, I, I am so bad at Spanish. Jesus. Anyways, Ruidoso, New Mexico, and they're freaking awesome. So if you want to go find out more and even find out more about their scholarship opportunities, yeah, you can get your... Uh, your foot in the door for freezies via a scholarship. Go over to www.sbwfacademy.com and check out everything they have to offer. It is pretty freaking cool. Um, yeah, it's uh, they uh, granted free uh, tuition to honorably discharged veterans. Uh, they also have a multi jurisdictional, multi agency academy. It's freaking awesome. So, Shout out to the folks over at Sierra Blanca Wildland Fire Academy. And if you want to check out more, once again, go over to www.sbwfacademy.com. The Anchor Point Podcast is also going to give a quick little shout out to our buddy Booze over at The Ass Movement. And that stands for the wonderful acronym of the anti-surface shitting movement. So if you have a problem pooper on your crew or uh, you need to educate somebody on proper poo bearing etiquette, go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement where you can get all of the finest poo bearing propaganda at your fingertips. Yeah. And check this out. Listeners to the podcast can use the code anchorpointass10 to get 10% off their entire purchase site-wide at the Fire Wild. It's going to be awesome. So if you uh, have a problem pooper or you need a turd trowel or you just want to uh, get some sweet slaps or a poster or a shirt, go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement. It's awesome. It's a funny name, but it's also serious about stewardship. So once again, www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement. And last but not least, the Anchor Point Podcast is going to be brought to you by the Smoky Generation. And uh, if you don't know that, well, it's also known as the American Wildfire Experience. And it's pretty freaking epic. It's basically a catalog of wildland firefighter stories uh, dating all the way back to the, the 1940s. And it's pretty freaking epic. And not only is it just relegated to the United States anymore, it is actually a global freaking 
thing. So that's freaking awesome. So if you want to hear stories from South Africa, we got that. If you want to hear stories from Australia, we got that. Canada, we got that. United States, we got that too. It is freaking awesome. And it's telling the story of wildland fire. Speaking of which, if you happen to be telling the story of wildland fire, well, you have an opportunity to win a $500 grant from the Smoky Generation. Bethany, you have a kick-ass organization over there. Keep it up. But if you want your chance to win one of these exclusive grants, all you got to do is, well, be a writer, photographer, cinematographer, a blogger, anybody who's telling the story of Wildland Fire, and you get a chance to win. So go over there to www.wildfireexperience and check out the Smoky Generation for your chance to win. And once again, Bethany, I love what you're doing over there. Hopefully we'll have you on the show. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. We'll get you on the show sooner or later. Keep it up. Love it. The views and opinions of this podcast do not reflect the views and opinions of the United States government, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or any private, municipal, county, or state firefighting organization, any law enforcement agency, any medical provider, or any contractor employed by any federal agency. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Hope everybody is doing well and I hope everybody's gearing up for the holidays. Yeah, yeah. Christmas is right around the corner and it's going to be epic. Hope everybody's uh, recovering from the season. I hope everybody's reconnecting with family and I hope everybody is furthermore taking care of each other. Yeah. So today on the episode, we are going to do round two with my good friend, Kevin Conley. If you uh, haven't listened to the first one, uh, the first part of this whole series that we're doing. This is the gentleman that's riding his bicycle from San Diego, actually technically San Francisco, because he he loaded off in San Francisco, rode south to San Diego, and then just bolted east across the entire freaking country in order to raise awareness for wildland firefighter uh, mental health and to raise some money for the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. It is a freaking epic journey, and we're going to cover part two of his epic journey. Uh, last time we spoke to each other, we were, uh, he, well, he, I'm in Reno, obviously, but uh, he was in El Paso, Texas, uh, just crossing the border from New Mexico into Texas. And now he's all the way in Florida. He's almost freaking done. He's got like a week left on his journey. So, please go over to www.thewildlandfirefighterfoundation.org and check out his fundraiser. Or if you want to find him on the old socials, well, you can find him at Backcountry Ninjas. Yeah, just search for him. He'll, he will pop up. So donate to his cause. But we're going to talk about today on the show, we're going to talk about his journey from where he was at and the dramatic, absolutely night and day difference of where he was to where he is now. He's on the home stretch, ladies and gentlemen. This is epic. And it's not every day that you get to hear somebody uh, that rode their bicycle across the country for a kick-ass cause. 
So I hope everybody uh, enjoys the show. And yeah, there's some tasty little tidbits here as far as uh, looking out for your brothers and sisters out there on the line. So once again, hope you enjoy the show. And ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce my good friend for the second time, Mr. Kevin Conley. Welcome to the Anchor Point. And what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. Today on the show, we've got round mother effing two with my good friend, Kevin Conley. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing swell. How about yourself, Brandon? Oh, you know, just uh, trying to battle the traffic and the uh, intense snowstorm that drove through on the way home. But other than that, good, man. Slightly better than awesome, as my friend Mark Booker would say. How about you, man? Yeah, I love that. I love that. Oh, gosh. Well, I'll tell you what, I wasn't bad on the snow today. I was, uh, shoot, I had my shirt off and I was in shorts riding my bike uh, down the uh, Gulf Coast. So a little different than your day paying out to me. <laughs> I'm about to say it sounds slightly uh, different. It sounds like it's like, uh, kind of enjoyable in your neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, it's super enjoyable. Yeah, there's just been a uh, a huge change um, since we last spoke with, uh, you want to just dive in? Yeah, just go for it, man. Well, actually hold up, pause, time out. Let's something for the people that missed the first episode, let's do a little bit of a recap as to who you are, who you work for, what you do, what you're currently doing, line it out. Just the, the quick and dirty, if you will. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I didn't, I got so excited. I just want to tell you how good I was. Um, so what we talked about on the first podcast and a little breakdown, my name is Kevin Conley. Uh, I've been fighting fires for the last four years. Uh, I was on Snake River Hot Shots. I worked Yosemite Fire and I was up on an engine in Montana for a season. And last year, right about this time, end of November, yeah, end of November, I started dealing with a severe mental illness and I went through... Uh, I went through fucking hell and I was battling all these demons in my own head and I got no idea where it started. And I, I just struggled a lot. And that's where this story all started, just going through my mental suffering. And then I decided to pick up and I knew that I couldn't continue down this rabbit hole that I was getting deep into. And I thought about, uh, I thought about ending my life and riding my truck into a fucking wall and I didn't want to be here anymore. And even the people closest to me, the girl I was seeing at the time, I didn't even talk to her about some of the emotions and feelings and struggles. I was battling constantly in my mind from when I woke up to when I went to bed and I decided I needed to get out and I need to do something for myself and I need to do something for a greater purpose. So I decided to grab my bike and leave Salt Lake City and ride from San Francisco all the way to Florida. And uh, when we first talked, I was I made it all the way to El Paso, about 14, 1500 miles in from San Francisco to San Diego and, and through Phoenix and through New Mexico and right, right tiptoeing into El Paso when we last talked. Yeah, man, you made a hell of a journey so far. And I, since we've last talked, I mean, what it was, you were in El Paso last time we spoke, right? When you're on the podcast. And that was what, a week ago, two weeks ago when we recorded? Oh, gosh. Yeah, just a little over two weeks ago. A little over two weeks ago. Yeah. And dude, you've like hauled 
ass across Texas. You made it across Mississippi and Alabama, dude, in those two weeks. And Louisiana. And Louisiana. Like, damn, dude. Yeah. I, I put some some happy feet on. And, and so what happened from San Francisco to San Diego and then up until El Paso, I was pulling my dog, Rocky, and that's a that's adding about 100 pounds to my weight that I'm towing. And I had so many firefighters and so, I mean, it was all firefighters, help me out. And then my dad came out. And when I lost that weight and had people helping me one day, two days, and then my dad was out here for 10 days, I was able to cross some serious ground in a short amount of time. Which, I mean, it's just a game changer. When my dad was out here, he came out when I was in Del Rio, Texas. He was from Del Rio to New Orleans. And we covered, in the 10 days he was out here, we covered 860 miles. Damn. So, I mean, it was like almost a third of the trip in less than in 10 days. Holy shit, man. That's flying, man. That, that's like hauling ass. Oh, yeah, we were putting in, gosh, in those 10 days, I was dropping century rides. I think I dropped two or 300 mile days and then constant 83, 85, 92, 97. And I think our shortest day was like a 74, 75. Yeah. And after I got, I built up so much strength, I just, I was done fucking around. I was like, the first stage of my journey was trying to get my mind in a better place. And the most beautiful thing for me, and it still blows my mind. I feel like such a new person from two months ago, where I was two and a half, three months ago, three months ago, I was withdrawing off this medicine. And then I get off and I'm starting to feel a little better. And then I start this bike trip, but I'm still going through issues. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on and, and almost like who I am, even though I'm 34 years old, trying to figure out who I am again. And as I rode my bike, one of the biggest things that I realized that was helping me so much was I would be 50 or 70 miles. I think the furthest was 72 miles from the next town. And so I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I got no cell phone service. So when I would go through these emotions, whether it was uh, panic, anxiety, or feel depressed or, or upset about something, even if it was the best feeling, happiness, joy, just fucking stoked, no matter what that feeling was, I didn't have any escape from it. My escape was to pedal. I couldn't call my best friend and be like, hey, I'm not feeling too hot today. Let's go get a beer and go down to the bar. I had no escape. I was forced to sit in that feeling. And some of those days were were mentally so hard where like I just want to throw my bike down and be like, I don't fucking want to be here right now. But I had no choice but to sit there and go through that feeling and actually process it and then ride my bike the next 50 miles. And through riding my bicycle, for me personally, it raised me out of my mental illness. It raised me out of that, and I feel like I overcame it. And it was all through mental, physical endurance, pushing my body and pushing my limits 
through all this pain and all this shit that I suppressed and then exploded in my brain, I overcame it by pushing myself to extraordinary links on, on my, you know, physical capabilities. Oh yeah, man. You're digging in that cookie jar as uh, our uh, friend David Goggins would like to say. Exactly. Exactly. Nice, man. And yeah, it was uh, what I noticed the, the greatest from uh, the last time that we spoke. I mean, there was still shit that I was going through and I'll never forget the day on this trip when I was riding into Alpine, Texas. So one of the, well, I guess it's not that wild. Texas is a huge fucking state and I had to cross the whole state, which is about 1100 miles. The Southern tiers, a little over 3000 miles. And I added those 500 miles for fun. And, uh, when I was riding in Alpine, Texas, I had this, it's like, it's your cliche saying the weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I'm not trying to say that I literally felt like a snake that lost all these layers. I felt like I just took off 10 coats when I walked inside. Like I just felt this enormous weights the best way to put it. Cause everyone knows that saying I felt like a new man. Yeah. I remember riding 103, 103 miles that day and it was 70 miles to the first town. And then it was another 20 to the next one. And then 25 or whatever, however that math works out to get to marathon or uh, to Alpine and the sun was setting and I'm riding through these beautiful mountains and I'm just overtaken because no one thinks about mountains in Texas. Well, I can assure you that there's a lot of mountains and a lot of hills because I rode my bike through those. And, and that one day, I think I was 1,700 miles in, maybe 1,600 miles in. I felt like myself again. I felt like a kid again. I felt like all this pain all this shit that was going on in my head, all this depression, all this illness that I was battling through after riding my bicycle 1600 miles, I just felt better. And I remember just this big smile on my face and watching this beautiful sunset as I'm riding down this big hill coming into town. And I remember just being proud of myself telling myself you did this no one threw you on this fucking bike and told you to ride this far you picked yourself off the couch and you said enough is enough and you went out and you rode your bike and it didn't happen overnight but i'll tell you what it happened and it's a miracle and i i couldn't be happier and i couldn't express to people when they feel like they're in a dark and lonely place, which I can fully, fully understand being there. There's only one choice you have to make, and that's to do something better for yourself. And that means that we have to check in on each other because we don't know who's going through that struggle. We don't know the strongest people, the weakest people, anyone can go through this. It's not a weakness. Um, to be tough, you're going to have fragile moments where you have to reach out to people and say, you know what? I'm not as tough as you thought I was. 
I actually need some help right now. And we have to talk to people and we have to not be afraid to talk out because mental health is a serious issue that everyone in their lifetime is most likely going to go through. And that was something that I never spoke about. And I found so much power in speaking out about it and also listening to people tell me about their issues along this trip. Even when I was going through my issues, I was listening to people and something really important to me on this journey that I've been on is I have breakfast and, and dinner and I just had a, uh, a nice talk and a beer with a homeless guy across the street. And so I try to help people that, that I don't even know. And I don't share those moments all the time about what I do for others. Um, I think that's just part of who I am is you don't need to tell people, you know, what you do, but it's just important to, to do it. And it's a, a big, beautiful world we live in and we have to love each other and we're not alone. We're not alone. And, uh, I hope that people that need help gain some courage because it's not a fucking easy thing to do to talk out about what you're going through. That's not easy, but I hope people know that they're not alone. And I hope that my story can hopefully encourage or inspire someone because the truth is I wanted to drive my truck into a fucking wall. I did not want to be here. I wanted to sit in a dark room, drink myself to oblivion and, and not have to think about tomorrow. And, uh, I didn't want to talk to anyone about it. And I realized that wasn't me. And I, I just got some courage. I mustered it up and I said, I'm going to go ride my fucking bike. And, and I know if I, <laughs> I ride my bike this far that something's fixing to happen. And I know I want to raise money for my brothers and sisters with the foundation. And it's an honor and it's a privilege to ride for them. And, all the respect and all the help that I've got from firefighters along the way has motivated me incredibly. But I want people to know that you can be in that dark of a place and then you, there's light, there's light at the end of the tunnel, there's light at the end of the rainbow, whatever you want to fucking call it. There's a better tomorrow, but you have to believe in that. You have to believe in tomorrow and you have to believe in yourself. And I'm living proof right in front of you where I was two months ago to where I am today. I just rode my bicycle across seven and a half, almost eight states. I'm 3,000 miles in. I just dipped under 500 miles. And I feel happy. And I feel peace. And I feel calmness. And I feel sturdy with my emotions. And I feel like a positive person. And I feel honestly better than I felt in my life. And that's how quick it happened. And it all was because of action. So I just, I really want people to know they're not alone in this fight that millions of people have gone through the same struggle and it's not okay in that moment, but it will be okay. Just, just fight, just keep fighting. I got a question for you, man. I mean, you brought up a lot of good points there, but one thing that I kind of stuck uh, that stuck to me, or stuck to my brain right there, was talking about something about purpose, right? And it's not necessarily uh, like 
I guess, a, a purpose, like finding a purpose, but making one. Is that kind of like what you've experienced? Like instead of like just having a generic purpose, like I fight fire, my name's Brandon. You know, you made right. a purpose for yourself and you found solace in that. I know it's kind of a weird concept, but it's kind of like one of those things I'm kind of like thinking about now that you've said all this, right? So is that one of those things where you purposefully found purpose with your your adventure across the country on a bicycle? I mean, is that kind of like one of the motivating factors that you had? Yeah, no, I uh, I I love that. I think I'm sorry, I do not think. I know that purpose is it's important. One of the strongest tools, one of the strongest ideas that we'll ever grab in our mind, Brandon. Like when we have a purpose and we understand what that is and we are driven into that purpose, there's nothing that will fucking stop you. The only thing that's ever going to stop you is you or if I get hit by a truck on my bike. And I know I'm not going to get hit by a truck. I don't know that, but I believe that. Let's hope not. And yeah, purpose is, gosh, I've been hearing. I love when you talk about purpose because purpose is passion, right? When we really believe in things. And I've always thought my purpose in life was to give back to others. And I believe in riding my bike. I'm not only taking care of myself, which is very important to do in life. You got to take care of yourself if you're ever going to take care of others. But I believe my purpose on this bike trip was to not only get myself and my mind right, but it was to help others. And I believe that I've achieved raising money for the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. And I know for a fact that I've achieved my mission of raising awareness for mental health and I know that speaking out through talking with other people uh, intimately, uh, people I know and people I don't know, that I've achieved a goal of uh, allowing people a safe space and letting people know that it's it's brave to speak out. It's not it's not a, a weak thing to do, and so I've achieved things which I think are my purpose. And I think it's important that people from all over the world find what their purpose is, find what their passion is. And it's something that they think about all the time. And whether it's helping out kids, helping out the homeless, helping out uh, war vets, helping out whoever it is, you know, going down to the hospital and helping old people that have no one to talk to. We all have a purpose in this life and your purpose should be to give back to someone or to something greater than yourself. Whatever it is, I hope it's not fucking selfish. Whatever it is, your purpose, try to figure that out. Try to understand it and then do it and smart. start small. When I, when I started helping homeless people, I started small. I, I started with the guy down the street. And then after I did that, I, I got bigger and I ended up handing that thousand cheeseburgers out to homeless people in Seattle. But what I've understood about my purpose was it's giving back to others. And I have a big attraction to, uh, uh, charity work to homeless people, to, uh, 
to the youth and uh, obviously the firefighters. And yeah, if you if you're not fighting for a purpose, if you're not fighting to figure out what your purpose is, then you got to figure out what the hell you're fighting for because you have a purpose, and you need to figure that out. Write it down, remember it, and then make it happen. Oh, absolutely, man. But also, I think you know you, you mentioned something about uh, selfless or selfish purposes, right? Like finding a selfish purpose. Honestly, man, I, I don't see a problem with finding a selfish perfect, like a selfish, a self-centered purpose, if you will, because if it's something truly that's going to like help you or heal you or do something that's going to enrich your life, I really don't see a problem with that, man. I mean, right, just, like, a good point. just like for you, for instance, like, I mean, with everything you've done, you set it on a purpose to heal, right? You set it on a purpose to fix what was going on with your mental health situation and you found that purpose and you fucking crushed it. And now you're also had this other purpose where you like to help people, man. And that's a big thing too. So those two are inexorably connected, right? I mean, I think the taking care of yourself as a a selfish purpose, if you will, and then taking care of others as the selfless, I think that's like a good combo for uh, a, a, a joyous state of mind, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. And I, maybe I worded that uh, not exactly how I wanted to. Because one of the things that I, I like to say is every year I think you should do something selfish, which we all know what that means for yourself, and something selfless, which is for others. And yeah, when you're going through the best times of life or the worst times of life, of course, you should be selfish. Do things that make you happy. I, I didn't mean that. I just meant I hope your purpose is is bigger than you. That's what I was trying to... Okay. The message I was trying to say. Oh, no. That's powerful shit, man. And yeah, dude. Like, otherwise, what's the point? You know? If it's not going to, like, help somebody or enrich somebody else's life or someone... Even, like, mentorship. Something as simple as that, right? Like, uh, having a a mentorship program where you want to like teach young firefighters or a mentorship where you want to, I don't know, be a role model for underprivileged, underprivileged youth. Now that's cool, man. That's selfless. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I know it's, it's amazing. The, the people I've met along this journey that have helped me firefighters and policemen and child care uh, nanny babysitters I'm not sure what you call them and teachers just like people from all walks of life that have helped me uh, it blows my mind how awesome it doesn't blow my mind how awesome this world is it blows my mind how the awesome people don't get the publicity and the you don't see that on the news which is fine because people that do that are humble and they don't do it because they need any publicity but it's a beautiful freaking world full of really really good people and i'm so happy to be a part of it oh yeah and you get to meet a lot of those cool ass people along the way that's that's the cool thing man like your story from arizona man that's one thing that's always gonna stick in my mind is like holy shit you got a the coming home song and the the ceremonial dance and that dude gave you that arrowhead 
That's that was unreal. Fucking unreal. That's cool, man. That made an impact on their lives, and they they honored you by giving their gratitude to you in the form of that dance, the ceremony, and that dude giving you the arrowhead. That's pretty unique, man. You you've moved people. That says a lot. Yeah that that uh that experience hands down was one of the most. I mean, it was such a privilege to have that happen to me. I mean, such an honor. And I mean that I'm not going to beat that experience for possibly my lifetime. And what's super cool about that is uh, the guy that runs the uh, White Mountain group that takes those kids out. He was talking with one of the councilmen of Apache Nation. And to this day, I'd say every two or three days, I get a, a text from one of the two of them and says, hey, where are you? Hey, just so you know, we're still praying for you. Hey, the kids said they wanted to, they wanted to talk to Rocky again. So I'm getting these messages, and at the bottom of everyone, it says, we love you from Apache Nation. To this day, they're always wondering, and it means the world to me, and I'd, I'd love to stop by there sometime. But I, I can't believe just all the culture all the different races, religions, like none of this trip, like everyone scraped down to, to nothing. Just and human everyone in its simplest form. Help me. Exactly. We're just humans. Yeah. If you cut, if we cut each other, we still bleed the same blood. It, it ain't different. And uh, I've been blessed just to see some of the best people in this country and in this world on this trip. And it never has mattered what their color is, what their how much money they got, what their culture, religion, none of that has ever mattered. It's just about a random firefighter riding his bike across the country, raising money for charity. And everyone, everyone that I've met has uh, embraced me and gave me love. And I, I felt so special on this trip. And I, I could not have... Uh, I could not have been blessed in a better way on this journey when I was going through the worst time of my life. All these people, it's like they gave me angel wings, like, and now I'm flying again. So it's been a really special trip. That's awesome, man. And a lot of stuff has happened, obviously, between El Paso and where you are today. You just got into Florida. I mean, you just stepped foot into Florida. You're almost, you're almost done. Like that's true, dude. Yeah. That's insane, man. And like. Not even two weeks ago, we were talking in Texas. I'm like, holy shit, man. This guy has to pedal across Texas. And that alone is, is, a, is a challenge right there. I mean, that's a huge state. And you're going across like the long part of it, right? Like the panhandle plus Mississippi, plus Alabama, plus Louisiana. It's like, holy shit, man. It's like two short weeks ago and you pedaled your ass off across these states. That's incredible, man. But like some of the experiences that you've had along the way with these folks that you've interacted with all these humans just having a human experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like what were those like? Is there anything like unique or anything that stood out ever since uh, El Paso? Like tell us some stories, man. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. Well, I got to tell this one story about uh, uh, this firefighter because he helped me out a ton. So when I was all the way out in, gosh, Arizona, there was a guy named Cody. 
that works for the uh, Forest Service, uh, Texas A&M Forest Service in Texas. And this uh, this cowboy sends me a message like, hey, just so you know, when, we, when you get to Texas, we're going to take care of you. We got you. And I'm like a thousand miles from Texas. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. The second I crossed into Texas, this guy has me connected all throughout the state. <laughs> My first night in Texas, he puts me up in a hotel. Then he meets me down in Del Rio, buys me dinner, puts me up in another motel. He helped cart my dog all throughout the state, puts me in contact with people all the way to Louisiana. So firefighters have been amazing. And then, I mean, the the coolest thing was when my uh, my father came out. So he flew. So we talked in El Paso. He's supposed to come down to El Paso. And then uh, he got COVID. My mom got COVID. So we had to wait. And then he came down to Del Rio. So when you come down through Texas, you don't go straight across the state. You go from El Paso. And then you drop south a couple hundred miles. Then you go towards Austin, San Antonio area. And and then you cross over into uh, Baton Rouge or whatever. But when my dad came out here, it was... It was, gosh, I swear you could make a movie of the 10 days that my dad came out to Texas. Because I think it's all, you know, I'm not a young man anymore. But you still, no matter how old you get, you always want to make your dad proud. Ain't that the truth? It's just it's how it is. And and my dad came out, and the first day I said, uh, yeah, well, you know, we're going to drop some miles on this trip. And he comes out and you talk about a support team and, and my dad's in his later sixties and you know, he can't, he doesn't have the smartphones as much as we do. And so when the first day it was just like, he's, he goes, anything you need, I got it. But you know, he's not used to, he can't drive too well and he can't read a map too well. Like we can, where you just type in the town and then go it. So I'd have to, type in the town on his phone and then give it to him and hope he keeps it on the charger so he doesn't lose the direction. And he would go to a diner first day. First day he's out of here. He has no idea what he's fucking doing. He goes down to a diner, gets me a big-ass omelet, and then meets me 35 miles down the road. And it was it blew my mind because I got my own support team here. And he's got Rocky in the car, and he brings me the omelet. And we're in this uh, border town. The helicopter's flying over, border patrol, and we're just eating breakfast. And he's like, this is kind of a weird place you're riding your bike. And I really wanted to, uh, I wanted to show my dad, my father, like we were talking about how you still want your dad to be proud of you. And I was like, I'm going to show my dad what I got in the tank. So I pumped out a a big uh, 103, 104-mile day uh, to Leakey, Texas. And I get 80 miles in to this town called Campwood. And my dad's pulled up there on the uh, right of this gas station, this little barbecue place. Barbecue place is what it was. 
We ate a lot of barbecue and a lot of chicken in Texas. Dude, it's Texas, man. That's that's like what oh, they've got is barbecue, like brisket it's the all day. <laughs> and it's the best. You can oh, have yeah. the best fried chicken at the gas station, let alone you go to a restaurant. And uh, he's like, uh, so I'm a junior, so he calls me Casey. I go by Kevin. And uh, he says, Casey, you got 80 miles, man. It's, it's fixing to get dark. Why don't we just call it here? And I said... Well, Dad, I ain't calling it here. I told you we're putting in miles. And he said, "All right." And he's a little nervous because you know it's like a the sun's setting at like five thirty, and it's four o'clock. And I just popped out. I just pumped out eighty miles, so I got twenty to go, twenty-ish to go. And my dad was driving like every four or five miles down the road. He'd wait at a little pullout, and I'm just grinding. And so in my head, I'm like, my dad always told me, finish what you start, finish what you start, finish strong, finish strong. So I'm hearing all this, and then I'm seeing him every few miles, and then it gets dark. And he's like right behind me. There's no traffic on this road, and I am just pumping. I'm out of the saddle. I'm climbing up. I got this 2,000-foot climb, and he's right behind me. And I stood up the whole way and just horsed it. I just horsed it. And then we finished in the dark and I'll just never forget. My dad had like tears in his eye, just so proud of knowing where I was. And to tell you where I was, I was when I was back home for a year ago, which is going to be a a lot different Christmas than today. um, I was drinking a lot to deal with all the things going on. Um, to deal with all my, my emotions. I didn't know how to deal with them. And I was, I was just self-medicating with alcohol. And I remember my dad sitting there with me on the couch, you know, late at night. And he's like, why are you drinking so much? And I was like, I don't want to, I just, I don't know how else to feel better. And going from a moment where he's worried about his son and he doesn't know how to help him. And, uh, then I finally, you know, get some help. And then the help, it fucked me up even worse. And, uh, then I just picked myself up and then seeing my dad after he watches me ride 105 miles or whatever it was into leaky Texas and just him giving me a big hug and getting out of the car when we got into town and got to the cabin and him just holding me tight and saying, I'm so proud of you, son. And just knowing that he saw the change that I made and I did it on my own and the power of knowing my father's proud of me in a moment. It was like when I was riding up that hill and I knew my dad was behind me, you bet your ass I was riding a lot harder than I normally do alone. Now you got an audience. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it was kind of it was It was pretty cool. So. Yeah, we crushed those those ten days. I was I was riding hard, and my dad would meet me 30, 40 miles in, and that's what made uh, I mean, that's what made it possible that I was going to get home for Christmas. Was just going through there, and and some of the emotional moments that went through with with uh, just me and my dad bonding like that after going through just struggles, me being an asshole growing up and, and, uh, you know, I had, I had some, some issues with, you know, in and out of jail kind of bullshit when I was younger and 
seeing my father, even at 34 years, just bonding through a life-changing moment, uh, times, adventure for myself personally, and then sharing that with my hero, my, my superhero being my father, sharing that was so impactful. And I'm so grateful for him coming out here and just dropping everything. He wanted to be a part of it. And he was a huge, I mean, he was there for a thousand miles. He was there for a third of it. It's a big chunk, was, dude. It was a fucking huge chunk. And, and we just had so many moments. I think what was so cool was, uh, I, uh, interviewed with a couple of news channels when we were riding and it was kind of neat because one morning the, uh, <laughs> the the lady came out when my I already rode off and uh a lady named Ellie came out to the parking lot when my dad was taking Rocky out in the morning and said, Hi, are you are you Kevin's dad? And my dad said, Yes. And she said, I saw your son on the news and Rocky. And you know, she never met him. Yeah. Said, I saw you I saw your son and, and Rocky on the news last night. And I just want to say that you raised a, a great son. And I'm so admirable of his trip. And I want you to know that I'm going to pray for him just as much as you will the whole way through. And that was, uh, that was down in, uh, the Eastern part of Texas. That's rad, dude. No, that's the cool thing though, man. It's like, it's just like having that impact and like bonding moment with your, with your pops, man. Like I know a lot of the people out there that, they can relate to that. doesn't matter if you're a guy, girl, you always want to make your family proud. You did that, man. That's cool. Yeah. That was, a that was something else. I couldn't believe it. My dad came out here for 10 days and all the things that have happened on this trip have just touched my heart and it blows it. I don't want to say it blows my mind. It, Sometimes I'm like inspired. I don't know how you say this humbly. I'm inspired by myself that I just said, fuck it. I'm going to go ride my bike. And I went from the worst place I've ever been, the darkest, most dangerous place a human could probably be. And then I decided to ride a bike. And for me, and I, I don't know what it is for other people, but it saved my life and uh, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm still doing it. And I'm almost like uh, not scared, but it's, it's such a bittersweet to, to have only 500 miles left, Brandon. That's pretty impressive, man. Like 500 miles, that ain't shit, dude. You're going to be done in a week, if not less. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, it's not shit. Well, what I started telling telling myself was, I am the fucking wind. I am the fucking mountain. So there's no wind. There's no hill that's going to stop me. Because there's three ways that you climb a hill on a bicycle. One is you're weak and you walk your bicycle, which honestly I think is the hardest way to go. I've never pushed a bike up a hill, but that sounds harder when it, when you, I know you can ride three to 10 miles an hour uphill. And then the second way is to ride a hill lazily and you just 
go up the hill and you take your sweet ass time. Take a low gear. The third way is you ride with fucking power. You ride with confidence. And that's when I say, I am the fucking hill. I am the fucking mountain. Now I'm cursing too much. But I <laughs> You're good, dude. I climb with power. And and that's what like really fires you up. And that's what I mean. After you ride your bike, I'm I'm just on the cusp. I'm at like twenty nine eighty or something like that. Right at the cusp of three thousand miles. My legs are just I'm like a machine. Sometimes like I my legs just pedal. I don't even notice my body's moving. I'm just looking around at the beach or whatever it is, at some bird flying by. And uh, I mean, I'm just a monster at this point, and it's incredible to become that savage. And when you become that strong, that also boosts your confidence. And part of getting out of a mental struggle is becoming a stronger person. And that's mentally, but that's also physically. You know, people, uh, mental, mental illness is one thing. But mental illness also works when you're overweight. There's different ways that you go through these struggles emotionally, physically, and mentally. And a huge part of that is gaining confidence in yourself because you have to learn to relove yourself again. And you also have to learn or relearn how to be a positive individual. And for me, such this huge power is being grateful for all the firefighters that have helped me are giving me extra strength. And then I'm giving myself extra strength because I'm becoming a fucking monster. And when I was talking shit to David Goggins, I was, I was being, uh, you know, I was joking. David Goggins is a monster. I respect him. I respect what he's done. And he's, he's a monster. My challenge was, when a monster meets a fucking savage. So I'm not going to take back my challenge, but I want it to be known that I respect who he is and I know he can ride a bike really far. I just said I can ride a bike further. And that's the thing too, man. It's like that, that whole self-esteem thing, like that's a very important thing. Like, right. You mentioned like mental health affecting people that are overweight, but it also affects people that are just out of shape. Like if you're, if you got a desk job and you just sit at a goddamn computer all day, like my lazy ass over here, life catches up to you, man. And uh, yeah, it's uh it's, it becomes a struggle sometimes with your mental health when you're not like, pursuing something in the gym or like working on something that you want to work on, getting stronger, getting tougher, yada, yada, yada. Right. So that's the thing, man, that, that self-esteem thing. It's, I honestly think it's important to your critic. It's important and critical to your mental health, not in like an arrogance kind of way or a, uh, like a, a cockiness kind of way, but just having a positive image of yourself, right. That self-esteem, I think that's like, yeah, it's critical to your mental health, man. And you found that you've done that. And, you know, speaking of David Goggins, I mean, if you look at his life story, man, where he came from, he did the exact same shit. And he is a fucking beast. He is a fucking monster. He, he, he is, is a monster. savage. He's a monster. I, I, I love his story. I mean, there's, there's nothing about that story. You can't respect what he's been through, but it's just what, uh, yeah, it's just, 
when you change your own image of who you are, when you go from when I started this trip, Brandon, I wasn't riding my bike. I wasn't training. When I say I rolled off the couch and I booked a fucking train ticket to San Francisco and then rode my bike 3,000 miles, that's a fucking fact. That's what happened. And I want people to know, like, you don't have to go ride your bike 3,000 miles. I don't know what you have to do for yourself. What I know is for me, it saved my life. It challenged me. It changed me. It made me a better man, and it saved my fucking life. This bike trip saved my life. And I noticed the biggest change when I was about 1,500 miles in, and then being at 3,000, coming into Florida like a power horse. My, my, uh, my cord broke for my gears today. So I had to ride 60 miles stuck in, in too high. And I stood up. I stood up. Anyone that rides a bike, I was out of the saddle, standing up for five hours, banged out 65 miles. And when you feel that strength, when the wind does not matter because you're stronger than it, when your mind does not matter because everything in your mind is confident and strong and powerful, nothing can stop you. And all it takes is you getting the fuck up and doing something different than what you're doing. Because when you're stuck in that situation, what you're doing is not doing anything. It's not making a change. Yeah. So you have to get up and do something different. I mean, that's like what insanity is trying the same thing over and over. And I was doing that for a while. I was doing the same thing. I was in the same routine. And that's when I realized I got to do something different. And I got up and I did something different, which I encourage should be a physical activity, whatever it is, hiking, biking, walking, running, push your stroller, whatever it is, do, do a hundred cartwheels down your street. I don't know what it is. Do something. Because those endurance things, those things that open up your endorphins and your brain, those are going to help you open up the other parts of your brain. And you got to be proud of who you are. So yeah. push yourself. Oh, yeah. That's the thing, dude. It, it literally gets you high, but not like as a drug would. This shit gets you high in a in a very good way. Can it become addictive? Yeah, it could. I mean, you see people that are gym rats, right? Right. Yeah, it becomes addictive because it feels good to fucking do good shit for your body, right? So that's another thing too, right? You mentioned savages and fucking monsters. So I don't know if anybody ever listens to the end of my episodes when I'm doing the outro. Probably not, but I always say at the very end of my episodes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> stay safe, stay savage, have fun, enjoy. Right? That's like my little stupid thing that I say. My little. No, I love that. I love that. Stay safe and stay savage. That's fucking... What else do you need to know? Well, that's the thing, though. Is like everybody out there has that inner savage, especially within our wildland community, right? You're living proof of this. I mean, everybody's got their inner savage, dude. I've seen the most... What seem to be ordinary people doing extraordinary shit every fucking year for 11 years when I was on the line, when I was actually fighting fire. You see that every day, right? I don't see it so much now because I'm a fucking 35 year old marketing firm 
person, but <laughs> either way, man, it's, it's, it's the truth of it though. Everybody has their inner savage. And I think it's very important to find it for your mental health and to continue your mental health journey because it's a work in progress, no matter what you want to tell yourself. I honestly think that you need to constantly be working on those things. Like those things that you're mentioning with self-esteem, being a fucking savage, uh, continuing to find your inner savage and doing good on the people that you have no clue mentorship, all that stuff that has a higher purpose, like that purpose that's greater than yourself, man. And that's the definition of it. That's why I say those words at the end of my episodes. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a great way to, to leave it. I, I love how you do that. And yeah, purpose is so important. And the inner savage is something that you don't know how deep you can go mentally and physically a lot of it's more mental oh yeah until you go there until you go there and i remember years ago i did a rim to rim to rim in the grand canyon so you're talking about 48 miles 10,000 feet of elevation game i did it as a backpacking trip in two days so one day from the uh north rim to the south rim and then the next day south rim and north rim and when i was coming up the north rim the second day I met a lady that was doing it one day, Suzanne Stroyer. I'll never forget her. Strong ass German ultra runner. And, uh, I'm telling her about some of my long distance backpacking trips and shit like that. And she goes, Oh, I bet you could easily do this. Three days later, me and my buddy run rim to rim to rim 48 miles in 16 hours. No training. Just never ran that far in my life. Never even hiked that far in my life in 16 hours. It was all up here. You just did. Oh, you just busted wrong. out an ultra. We, we busted out an ultra. Oh, don't get me wrong. It was, it fucked with, I had definitely had some like hallucinations and shit. I had to come to Jesus all, moment a couple was, times there. <laughs> it was all in our head. I, I hadn't ran that whole year. And so there's moments in your life where you can push yourself to giant, extraordinary things. The only thing that shut you down is either you got some weak ass friends or you have a, a weaker mind. You can do it. I can assure you, you can do extraordinary things. And I'm proving that to myself. Like there's no way two months ago when I was in hell in my own mind, somebody wasn't doing it to me. It was all up in my mind. There's no way in hell that I was going to tell you, I'm going to go ride my bike 3,500 miles tomorrow. There was no way I was going to tell you that. I didn't even want to get out of bed, let alone ride my bike across fucking Salt Lake City. But I did it. And you got to have that fight in you. You have to remember that you have that fight in you. You just have to pick up and you got to spark that fucking match and you have to not look back and you have to keep on pushing. And when you climb a mountain, when you climb a fucking hill on your bike, when you climb whatever mountain it is, you have to look for a bigger mountain and keep climbing. And you just got to keep on climbing. And don't look back. You need to respect where you come from, but you don't look back. You keep fucking climbing. 
And that's one thing too, is like Ben Strawn, when he was on my episode, man, he mentioned that very same analogy about climbing mountains, right? But he, he kind of akin it to like, yeah, once you peak out and you hit that top of that peak and that first mountain, what do you have to do? Well, you're at the peak, right? Typically there's going to be a ridge. Yeah. You could ridge out and take the easy route. And that's probably the key path to take, right? But these, right. if you were to compare that to your mental health, you got these peaks and valleys, man. Once you reach that first peak and you peak out, well, now you've got some experience behind you, right? Now you could choose your path. You can choose your route accordingly. It was like, well, that's going to be a shitty way to take. Don't want to go that way. Let's uh, follow the contour of this ridge and then kind of get over that little area right there. And that's the same thing you're doing, man. It's you, you found your peak. You're getting to the, your Everest, if you will. Well, what's next, man? That's, that's the thing. It's like, what's my next Everest? I like that. And I like the, the one he did with Ben. Um, yeah, I like thinking about those routes. But something I heard a long time ago was the best place to be if you're doing hiking analogies. I heard someone, gosh, I can't remember who this was, talk about uh, the best place to be was to be in the valley because the only place to go was up. And I've thought about that a lot on the trip. And I don't want uh, people to think right now I'm on cloud nine. I'm on fucking Mars, whatever you want to fucking call it. I'm happy. I'm motivated. I'm confident. And I feel better. I feel 100% better. I don't want people to be confused. There have been days on this trip where I didn't want to ride a bike. I... uh, had uh, some weak feelings, you know, that there's been those flashes and I just reminded myself of who I am and I'm, I'm strong and I got this. Um, there's no quitting me. There's a fight in me that's not going to ever give up and I'm going to finish this strong to this day. That's how I'm going to finish. But I don't want people to think it's been this beautiful vacation because every day I'm doing six, seven, eight, nine hours of high intensity cardio. When I say I rode my bike five hours out of the saddle, that means I'm standing up pedaling 15 to 20 miles an hour. It's not, I'm not sitting on the beach enjoying the sunset, drinking a margarita. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge every day. And that for me, that's what worked. That's what worked for me was pushing myself to extraordinary lengths. I take a a rest day every thousand miles. And uh and that's what it took for me to to feel better. But yeah, being in the valley, all you can go is up. And then when you get up, I think the most important thing is well every day for me after this journey, I can't go through a rough time in my life again. So the roughest time I w- had was the previous year. And I never experienced that until I was 33 years old and until I was 34. And I really hope that I don't go through that. And I would love to say I hope someone else does not, but I know millions of people will. Um, for me, the important thing is realizing after this bike trip to not look back and 
I can't just pick up the next time I go through a hard time and ride my bike three mi- three thousand miles. I got to hold all these tools that I learned and all these uh, demons and, and all these things in my head that I overcame. I got to learn to deal with those on a day-to-day basis. And uh, the biggest part of this journey, which you and I have talked about, other than raising money for the foundation, which is uh, critical to my mission, is raising awareness to mental health. And I really, really want people to know they're not alone. Don't be afraid to talk about it. It takes a lot of fucking courage. It took me a lot of courage to look my to, to look my dad in the eyes and say, I'm not good. And uh, that's all I could say. And I had to walk away. And it took a lot of a lot of courage to talk out about this on uh, social media. Um, Cause I mean, to this day, I'm not going to lie. I feel weak when I bring it up. I feel weak to say I was scared. I was depressed. I was sad. I wanted to fucking ride my truck into a brick wall. I wanted to turn off all the lights and sit in a dark fucking corner and I didn't want to do anything but sit in my own fucking sadness. To this day, that I, I feel weak saying that. And the reason I'm saying that is because maybe it will help someone else talk out. Maybe someone else will reach out for help that really fucking needs it. And that's why I'm talking out, because this is greater than me. And as much as I don't want to say how weak that I felt... I feel better because I think it might make a difference in someone else's life. And I I can't tell you to not be afraid because on my darkest moments on this planet and uh, those sad moments, I don't call anybody. I don't talk to anybody. And and now I talk to my therapist once a week and, and I got good friends I talk to and now that I'm feeling a lot better, I'm, I'm still going to therapy. And it helps me. It helps me. And even though I still want to be alone in those dark times, I know that someone's listening. And that's helped me tremendously. And I just hope other people know they're not alone. And and don't be afraid. You're not weak to speak out. You're fucking strong. And if someone disencourages you or gives you a hard time about that, that's they're the fucking weak one, not you. Oh, They're absolutely. the weak one. hundred fucking percent, dude. If someone has like, oh yeah, back in my day, you know, this is pussy shit or whatever, you know, dude, fuck you with a capital F. You know what, man? You're not, you're not immune to any shortcomings in life or any, you know, mental health things. I mean, that you're, you said it, you hit that nail right on the head, man. Like if you're going to be that asshole, then you're the problem, period. Yeah, it's, uh, we got one life to live and I've had miracles happen to me and I'm not trying to push uh, any God mythology on anyone, but I'll tell you what, God has watched over me on this trip and uh, my guardian angels, my best friend, my grandmother and uh, my grandfather were up in heaven. And the other day, I was riding across, and my dad was still here. 
and I was coming across this really sketchy bridge and uh there was this really poor guy that had like an old beat up ambulance that he bought and he was selling shrimp out of the back of it. And as I rolled my bike up, I see my dad, Rocky, standing next to this guy. His name's Maurice, just salt of the earth fucking guy. And he goes, I don't know if you want to ride over that bridge. But uh, the news channel in New Orleans said, we really want to see you come over this bridge. And I had no idea why. And then I understood why when I saw it. I was like, oh, that's why. Because <laughs> it's a no death trap. Ever, <laughs> yeah, no one's going to fucking ride their bike over it. I was off the bike route. And uh, anyways, so my dad, he goes, I think your dad should come behind you with his hazards on. And like I was telling you, my dad's my fucking hero. Great guy. But... He's not familiar with the area or the maps or anything like that. So I said, Dad, stay tight. I'm going to get in front of you right before the bridge, and then you put your hazards on and ride behind me. People will think you broke down. All right? He doesn't do that. He gets in front of me. Oh, shit. So now I'm behind. I got my taillights on. Right after Maurice says, don't worry. God's going to push you over the bridge. You'll be fine. I'm going to say a prayer for you. So my dad, my dad thinks he's helping me, but he's in front of me about a hundred feet and I'm behind him. Now he's in a fucking SUV. I can't keep up with that. And you got to go uphill over the bridge. And I'm like, well, you're not helping me. So I turn my music way up. So I can't hear these cars going 60, 70 miles an hour over the bridge. And all of a sudden, I noticed this huge lull in traffic. Everyone's slowing down. And there's no one honking their horn. There's no shoulder. So I'm not in the shoulder. I'm in, in a the lane. road. Yeah. And there's only two lanes. No one's honking. No one's doing anything. So I'm coming up and over the bridge. And they got these news cameras filming me. And I just look over my shoulder. And I'm like, why are all these cars slowing down? Maurice was praying for me on the other side of the bridge. This poor guy selling shrimp out of a 1980, 87 freaking ambulance van. And uh, I look over my shoulder as I'm going down the hill. I have a police escort. A Louisiana police officer happened to be coming over the bridge and put his lights on and he's escorting me over the bridge. I had no idea he was behind me. That's so, so badass, when my, dude. That's when cool. my dad couldn't help me out, I got the fucking police escorting me over. It was super badass. I could not believe it. That's wild, dude. Oh, man. Yeah, man. So there's, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say there's moments like that where you're like, Believe in God, believe in whatever you want. I'm still not sure, certain of what I believe in. There's something watching over me because there's not many people on this planet that can say, yeah, I happen to be riding my bike over a sketchy ass fucking bridge and a police officer escorted me. I didn't call him. He, he just, just happened, happened to, to show up. There. <laughs> oh, it's it's so rad, crazy. Dude. What a trip, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, 
that's that whole whole thing though. It's like, man, if you're you if you're in it for the right reasons and you're in it for a good cause, man, like the universe is gonna come back to you tenfold, right? We, I think I said that on the last one, the last podcast that we did with you, man. Yeah, it 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 truly has. I have. I mean, I just can't be more grateful for what's happened to me on this trip, both within myself and outside of myself. I mean, I got the coolest thing is, and I I don't think we'll ever understand how tight the brotherhood is in fire. And I'm feeling like I can actually understand how tight this, this brotherhood is. Because I have had help from firefighters from California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, and Florida. So I can tell you eight states. And people don't really think of fire too much in Alabama, Louisiana. I can affirmatively tell you that there's firefighters all over this country and that's state municipal, that's wildland and, and that's a structure. They have all helped me. I've even had policemen help me along the way. And it blows my mind, the support that I've received saying I'm a firefighter and I'm raising money for the firefighter foundation. I mean, it's a true fucking story. People have gone hands down. I just uh, uh, had a firefighter that stopped fighting fires about two years ago, worked for the USFS uh, Forest Service, for people that don't know, um, for the last 10 years. And uh, he stopped working for the Forest Service, and uh, he got me a hotel tonight. No shit. That's like, wild. Out dude. of the blue. Out of the blue, I got a message from a firefighter, and he just said, hey, man, me and my wife are, are coming down to Florida. I think we're going to miss you when you're on your route. We won't be there for three days, but we want to get you a hotel because we love what you're doing and we love the message you're, you're sending out to the world. And it's random help like this that I'm not asking for that's just coming into me. Like, I, I don't have words to describe how grateful I am. I mean, it just leaves me fucking speechless. I'm just riding a bike. I'm just riding my bike across the country. I'm trying to do something good. Why the fuck is everyone helping me? Because they believe in right. you, man. They believe in you. That's why. Yeah. That's well, it, it means the world to me. I mean, it, it gives me the chills knowing... Uh, knowing how much support I have out, out there. So, uh, yeah, wildland firefighters, this one's for you. This one's for me and this one's for us. Oh yeah, man. So speaking of, uh, wildland firefighters, I mean, when's your landing point, man? I mean, you said that you only got a couple hundred miles to go. Basically you said, was it 700 miles? Oh no, we dipped under 500. Oh shit. You're going to be done this weekend. I got to yeah. get this episode out. Like, today <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we got uh let's see i was at 538 and i did 65 so that puts us at what 660 670 or uh 560 that's all you got left so so you're you're practically done at this point that's like what seven days maybe 
Yeah, Sunday, Monday. Well, so, that's still a long wait. Not, not most people ride their bike uh, 600 miles this weekend. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, in retrospect, after, you know, all of the entire Western and Central United States, I mean, this is pretty small blip on your radar. Yeah, it's a, oh, it's a, I'm sort of sad, Brandon. I don't, don't want it to end, do you? It's a, just the effect it's had on my life and, and thinking all about, I was looking at my bike odometer and I'm like, looking back to like the first few days when my odometer is at like 50 miles, 80 miles, a hundred miles. And now I see that thing at 3000 miles and I'm like, Holy fuck. Like I remember being in San Francisco and I don't want to say it feels like yesterday. This has been a long trip. Um, I want it to end less than I don't want it to end. I get you. So I'm, I get you. I mean, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. I'm, I'm not going to complain about anything, but you can imagine what your legs go through on uh, on a 3,500-mile journey. So, yeah, I'm like, I'm ready for it to end. I, uh, I'm still achieving, but I've achieved a lot of what I, what I want to do. Yeah. And, uh, I'll continue that for the next 500 miles, but yeah, shoot, we might be fixing the finish on uh Sunday or Monday. So let's, yeah, let's seven get a, days, six days. Let's get a date here. So Sunday would be the 19th, December 19th, 2021 or December 20th, 2021 right in time for Christmas, the week of Christmas. So that Christmas, or was that Christmas is on Friday the 24th. So Sunday, December 19th, or Monday, December 20th, you're going to be landing in St. Augustine, Florida. The oldest city in the United States. No shit, huh? I think that's a, that's an old town to finish in. I like which it, Which is probably why they did it. Yeah, they said that town... I had a guy told, tell me uh, a few days ago uh, that town was established um, by Spaniards a few years before Columbus, which was what, like Plymouth Rock? Oh, that'd be funny. Something like that. Some shit like that. Uh, I'm not a 15, historian. <laughs> 1565. So they got like a cool old castle there, something like that. St. Augustine. Um Huh. Yeah, the nineteenth is my mother's birthday, so that would be cool to finish on. But uh, day to day, man, I still got to grind out, you know, five hundred miles. Oh yeah, that and you're completely subject to weather and you know natural disasters and all sorts of crazy shit on along the road. So yeah, you, you've definitely encountered some weather events while you've been uh, riding through the southwest, the south there. Yeah, I. I I think that might have been uh, the other day. Oh, gosh. Louisiana, Texas. The other day might have been the closest encounter I had to lightning. Oh, it struck right above my head. Nope. And it rained hard as hell. And, and one of the things that does scare me, I mean, lightning is just a scary thing. I mean, oh, it's, I'm a it's 100% a lot not a fan of lightning either. <laughs> oh, well, I'm on a bike. I'm on a steel bike in the middle of a meadow 
it's like, well, if I get struck, I, I don't reckon anyone's nearby to do CPR in the next two minutes. Right. Jeez. Jesus, man. Well, but we made it. We made, made it. it. And the only thing that, that's going to stop me from Sunday to Monday is the reality of getting struck by a truck. And I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm firm, man. I think we should reach People out. Sca- oh, good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just going to say people are scared to talk about that, but that's, that's just a reality of biking. Hey man, like, I'm not, I'm not scared of trucks. I'm not scared of cars. I mean, that's the thing though. It's like nothing, no glory ever came from taking no risk. Right. Just a fact of life, man. Right. You can't live in fear. You no. can't live in fear. Well, I mean, yeah, you gotta live. Fear keeps you alive. Don't get me wrong, but also you can't be afraid of your own shout out to where you never like do anything. Sometimes you got to do dangerous shit just to experience life. Right. No doubt. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't even be here if I was scared of traffic. Right. That's the whole thing, man. But other than that, dude, uh, I, are you going to do like a, like a landing party or like, are you going to do like a, like a, I don't know, a ceremony or some crazy shit when you get into St. Augustine? Uh, St. Augustine, honestly, uh, I want to just hold that to myself. Uh, I plan on holding that to myself, but uh, when I finish up, we're going to have a little fundraiser up in uh, Virginia at my uh, kin's house, my family's house. And then uh, we're going to have you and I, we're going to have the Wildland Firefighter Foundation come out. We're going to have a, a nice celebration and a nice fundraiser up in Boise, hopefully at uh, Payette Brewery. So whoever's listening to this, get ready. Last week of January, we're going to have a party. So bring your checkbooks, bring a lot of cash, bring your friends, and uh, let's raise a couple thousand dollars extra for the foundation. I think we're uh, we're teetering on $10,000 now. So it'd be nice to get that number up to 15 or 20. Hell yeah, man. And I'm down to come up there. I'll fly my happy ass up there to Boise. Or, well, actually, I'll probably drive because I'll have a bunch of sound equipment and I don't want that shit getting lost on a flight. But I'll drive my happy ass up there. We'll do an episode number three and then we're going to tear it down. Hopefully we can raise some more money, like you're saying, uh, at this fundraiser. And uh, yeah, dude, it's going to be sick, man. And you said, what was it? Last week of January, first week of February, right? Is that right? Yeah, which, whichever one works Let's, last week in January, first week of February. Yeah, I'm sure we'll organize a date here. Something solid. We'll solidify a date here soon. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a moving target. We've been talking about this for, what, a month now? <laughs> right. It's totally a moving target. Yeah, I appreciate you being having me on the show and, and just being you. You're a great dude. And uh, I think we're spreading a good a good message, a great message. Um mental health is a serious fucking thing. And, uh, I think there should be a lot of awareness to it. And I think what people should know, Brandon, you're the one that told me at the beginning of this. Um, I talked to you briefly about being on the news and, and how I wasn't too comfortable with it. And you told me, man, it's uh, really important to spread this message about mental illness. And so I appreciate your support with that. And that gave me a lot of encouragement to talk about it. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Didn't know I'd have that effect on you, man. That's uh, huh. thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that 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 helped me a ton. That's that's what we were talking about. You never know the impact you have on people, and 
and I was kind of like, I don't know, just didn't want to be on the news. And now we've been on the news 10 times. And I think it's just a really positive message and helps raise awareness for mental health and lets people know who wildland firefighters fucking are. And uh, I don't know why I say that word. And lets people know they can donate money to the foundation, which is really important. What they're doing up there, those they're angels up there. I, I appreciate what they do and and helping out our fallen heroes and assisting their families through the, the most terrible time of their lives is very important. And uh, I can never say thank you enough to those men and women that have risked their lives and, and died for this country, whether that's through fire, whether that's through uh, military or through that police or or whatever branch that's through. I just want to say uh, I really thank everyone for their service. And, and God bless America, truly. It's a great fucking country, and people need to respect it. The red, white, and blue, those stars and stripes, you respect those. It's a great country. Let's oh, yeah. get back to each other. Oh, yeah, man. This is an incredible country, man. Also, it's an incredible journey. This right here, man, this is a very important thing. This is a very important cause that you're writing for. Not only one to heal yourself, but to also spread the word about what wildland firefighters do. One, I mean, that's a huge thing, right? No one knows what the hell we do. Um, but also, you know, <laughs> I know everybody thinks that, you know, like, oh, you're, so you're a smoke jumper or you're a cal fire. No, that's not how this works. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, man, no, the, the mental health uh, plague... I guess you can say it's 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 almost a a pandemic, if you will. It's like it's like COVID within our own community, and it's it's pretty gnarly, man. Some of the, the I, I'll be completely honest with you, man. Some of the uh, the text messages I get, some of the DMs that I get with uh, my Facebook or Instagram, I'll, there's a lot, and I think it's the quiet part out loud that I get to see. And I know that folks at Mystery Ranch, folks at Hotshot Brewery, folks at all these other organizations, I mean, they're just constantly referring people to clinicians or peer supporter groups, all this stuff. And I think that it's very important that you're motivating you, you, Kevin, Kevin motherfucking Conley, you're motivating people from all over the United States, whoever turns into that news channel and whoever turns into your Instagram Whoever listens to this, you're telling your truth, you're telling your story, and you're telling people that it's okay to talk about this shit, man. And that right there is worth its weight in gold. I cannot even begin to place a value on that. So I definitely want to thank you for this. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, I'm I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best and I'm trying. Well, you're doing a kick-ass job, man. I can tell you that. Yeah, well, I'm fixing to give up. Yeah, man. You're doing good, dude. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're helping a lot of folks out, especially with, I mean, I don't know the conversations. And, you know, I know those conversations that you have with these people. You're being a peer supporter, right? Those conversations always stay in confidence between you and them. And that's important, man, to have those conversations. Yeah, it, uh, honestly, some of these conversations have just, Truly, when we talk about the impact that you have on people, you never know. And, and the, the most simple 
to the most complex conversations that we have people, it's not about what you know. It's just about you being you. And I hope that who you are is a positive, respectful, inspiring person. Give people your best. And uh, it has blown my mind some of the messages that I've received from people some of the strongest literally warriors in the world have said thank you for opening this door because it it makes me now I'm going to say something about it and some of the strongest people that I've ever met in this life that I never ever would have assumed that we're going through hard times have reached out to me and said, I'm going through that or I went through that. Thanks for talking about it. And that just, that's what touches me. And, and that's what inspires me is knowing that I truly am making a difference. And it, it amazes me how many people we're all the same. We're not all the same, obviously, but we all have the same struggle. We all go through rough fucking times. Peaks and, and valleys. We got to be there for each other. Oh, absolutely, man. That's that's the very definition of being a good peer supporter, man. Just being there for a motherfucker. <laughs> that's all you got to do. Be there. Show up. Yeah, we talked about this last time. I mean, a, a huge thing is you either got to be the voice, or sometimes the best thing is just to be the ear. Hundred percent, dude. 110%. And uh, I know I like, uh, for me, I'll take both of them. I like the whip in the ass. <laughs> when my dad when my dad was out here, he'd say, uh, you better get moving. You better get moving, boy. And I would ride my bike like hell. But you know what else really helped me? Was when my dad would just listen. When he would just listen. And that was so cool. And so I think we need a little bit of both. And uh, we all learn different ways. We all listen different ways. And I think it's important for people to listen to each other. And it's very important for us to motivate each other. If your friend's stuck on the couch, that doesn't mean you tell him to get his fat ass up and go ride a bike. Maybe you go ride a bike with him. We need to stick together. Fuck yeah. And that right there is the quote that I'm ending this show on because I can't beat that. <laughs> is there no fucking way I could beat that right there? That is that is like fucking poetic, dude. That was perfect. Like, get off your ass and go do it with them. Show that support, man. Fuck yeah. I love that. <laughs> Me too, Brandon. Me too. Hell yeah. Well, Kev, man, per tradition, we always give the uh, opportunity for you to give a shout out to some homies, heroes, mentors. I know you've met a lot of cool ass people on the way. So who do you got for us, man? Uh, oh, so many, so many. I'd like to give a, a special uh, shout out to Cody with the Texas A&M Forest Service. Uh, shout out to my father, Kevin Conley Sr. And my mother for birthing me, nursing me, and pushing me out. That was pretty nice of her. 
and oh gosh, the hell attack and all the firefighters down in Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi. I mean, really the biggest shout outs to the firefighters across the country. And uh, gosh, you know who the biggest shout out goes to? Is all the construction workers that gave me a big thumbs up and made me feel like I was riding by a freaking stadium and I was a player. <laughs> Hell yeah, you know? dude. <laughs> yeah. That, that boost, when you're in the middle of nowhere and you ride over a bridge and there's 20 construction workers and they're like, underlay, underlay, Reba, Reba, good job. That kind of fires you up. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thanks for all the hard work in Americans. That cheered me on along the way. But yeah, I mean, my mom and dad that uh, taught me how to ride a bike and, and, and showed me what, what it's like to, to give back to people. And, and my mom and dad taught me what it's like to be a poor person and, and to fight strong. And uh, you can make a way in this life. So I appreciate them to the fullest. And uh, as always, this is for all my brothers and sisters out there. Fuck yeah, man. Well, Kev. Thank you so much for being on the show once again. And we're going to do round three in Boise. And uh, yeah, let's get that fundraiser going, man. It's going to be a, it's going to be a hoot. It's going to be a riot. It's gonna that's going to that's gonna be exciting. So everyone stay tuned for Boise because we're going to have a big party up there. And you all better come out, bring all your kin and, and bring all your cash because we're going to raise some money for the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. Hell yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. So Kev, once again, man, thank you so much. And uh, yeah. Make sure you send me some like photos of like, I don't know, you throwing your bike into the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean <laughs> or something, man. Do something crazy. I don't I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, that bike has probably a lot of meaning to you. So don't fucking throw it in the ocean, please. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. I won't do that. Yeah. All right. Good. Good. All I right. Might. I might. Oh, you might. I don't know. It might be cathartic. You know, it might be therapeutic. Just uh, throw that bike in the ocean. <laughs> All right. God bless, brother. Take care, man. And boom. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast is in the books with my good friend, Kevin Conley. Kevin, dude, this is one hell of a journey and it's an epic ride. I cannot even stress the amount of uh, good you're doing of opening that door to say, hey, you know what? It's okay to talk about mental health. And you know what? I'm just going to put my foot, I'm going to draw, I'm going to put my foot down. I'm going to draw a line in the sand and I'm going to say all those old school people or all those hard ass people that say, oh, this is not my problem. I don't want to hear about your problems or your mental health. Well, you're part of the problem. There, I said it. I don't care. Judge me. But anyways, I hope everybody enjoys the show and I hope everybody took uh, a lot of tasty little tidbits out of there, especially the, uh, towards the end, man. Yeah. You can't do this alone. And you know what? Just show up. That's all you really got to do is you don't necessarily have to be a, a providing some epic words of wisdom or anything like that, or has some secret sauce recipe for just helping anybody. All you got to do is let somebody bend an ear at the end of the day. And that is oftentimes the most impactful. So I hope everybody who's listening to this episode takes that with them. As for the rest of you, I hope you enjoyed the show. And Kevin, dude, keep crushing it, man. We'll uh, see you in Boise, hopefully uh, last weekend of January, first weekend of February. And we're going to throw uh, the ender 
to your epic journey across the United States, man. We're going to do a fundraiser there in Boise, Idaho. So if anybody's listening to this, feel free to join us. We'll uh, get the dates dialed in and we'll get the venue dialed in, but we're going to keep going. So, and I'm also looking forward to that book. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to put the pressure on you to complete that book. So hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody enjoyed the show and, uh, yeah, we'll see you hopefully, uh, this weekend at the anchor point podcast, white elephant griff, (laughs) anchor point podcast, white elephant gift exchange and fundraiser benefiting the grassroots wildland firefighters and the wildland firefighter foundation it's gonna be epic so special shout out to our sponsors we got mystery ranch purveyors of the finest damn packs in the wildland fire game and they're also hooking up for that fundraiser just saying so go to www.mysteryranch.com and check them out also check out the backbone series we've got hotshot brewery kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause if you want to uh, get your tools of the trade for the morning getting the morning started off right or if you want some exclusive merch uh, go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com we've got sierra blanca wildland fire academy go over to their website at www.sbwfacademy.com and see what they have to offer for uh, scholarship opportunities your chance to win uh, some epic classes are on the line we've got the ass movement they are the most hilarious advocacy group, I guess you could say, or I guess propaganda, anti-surface shitting propaganda group on the entire web. Go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement. And last but not least, we have the Smoky Generation, also known as the American Wildfire Experience, which is not even American exclusively anymore. It's a global wildland firefighter storytelling event bethany you have a kick-ass organization over there keep it up go over to www.wildfireexperience.com and check it out i hope everybody's doing good i hope everybody uh shows up to this ex- this awesome party well we're gonna have uh, this holiday party and y'all know the drill stay safe stay savage peace